Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Okay, uh, let's get things started. It's the Bob and Cherry Show with Bob. I'm a sharp-dressed, silver-tongued devil. And Cherry. She's scary and mean, and I don't ever want her to be in charge of me. And now, broadcasting from the Palatial Bob and Cherry Studios, it's Bob and Cherry. Oh, happy Thursday. Happy Throwback Thursday. We've got the Bob and Cherry happy hour tonight at 7 o'clock Eastern on our Facebook. And I do believe we have a special guest to look forward to, Max. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, I'll be joining you tonight for happy hour. So. Um, I told um, I told my husband, Kevin, I'm like, Max is going to join us for happy hour. And Kevin goes, oh, yeah? Well, maybe I'm going to come by then. <laughs> he's feeling competition. Oh, Lord. Hopefully he's not going to bring a new list of grievances to complain about all the things I allegedly say about him on the air. Oh, I think good Lord. You- you tell me, I mean, you tell me the truth, Max. I think I say only good things about him on the air. Yeah, I don't think you say anything negative. I do. I say nothing negative. Now, you know, he'll be, he'll take objection to, you know, I'll be like, oh my God, spam eating, processed food. He takes objection to that, but. Sherry, is, is, it, un, is it untrue? It is not untrue. Last night um, for dinner, we had, I found this like soup at the grocery store in a carton I think it's like potato leek soup. I'm like, you know what? Look at that carton of soup. That's what we're having for dinner tonight. So I make it. And it was pretty good, actually. I was just tired. I'm like cooking. And and um, he goes, you know what would make this even better? Some chopped up green onions and some spam. So don't you come on here with a list of grievances. <laughs> when you wanted to put chunks of spam in a bowl of soup like don't don't even do that so that that is tonight that's happy hour if you're wondering where bob is he's come he has um a very early appointment this morning it was the only time that the dentist could see him so he'll be popping in as soon as he gets back from that um coming up on the show of course we have morons in the news we have a really different kind of comedian that we're spotlighting and everyone needs a laugh he's a veterinarian who's also a comedian which I think is pretty cool. His name is Dr. Kevin Fitzgerald, and we're going to have him on. And last night, um, we watched Top Gun Maverick again because it's nominated for a Best Picture Oscar. But Tom Cruise got snubbed for his um, acting. He did not get a Best Actor nomination. And so I saw it when it first came out. Have you seen Top Gun Maverick? I haven't seen it, no. So do you think it's an Oscar-nominated performance? You know, I thought he was very, very good in it. Um, I, th- I, I'm going to hand it to him. I'm not like Tom, I'm not the biggest Tom Cruise fan. I don't hate him the way some people do. I, I, I'm kind of like neutral. Like if, if you go to a Tom Cruise movie, you're going to have a good time, whether it's mission impossible or I don't know, risky business, you know, for the most part, you know what you're getting with a Tom Cruise movie. I thought he was very good in Top Gun Maverick. I don't know if he's best actor good. But I thought he was really good. And here's what was interesting that I didn't pay that much attention to it the first time. Because the first time you see Top Gun Maverick, your hair is blown off your head. The 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 fighter jet, if fighter jets really do that, if like Navy pilots really do those crazy maneuvers and those dogfights, wow. 
once again, the first time I saw the movie, I was just like, my hair was blown off. The second time I'm paying more attention to some of the details. And I thought, these are, these are very specific and special human beings that can do that. Mm. That can, that can have those, take those fighter jets up and then drop them and roll them and turn them on their side. Like, you know, sometimes you'll see something and you'll go, oh, I bet I could do that if I learned. This is not that movie. Like, I don't know anybody. Maybe you do if you're listening to this right now. If you are listening to this and you watch Top Gun Maverick and said, oh, I bet I could do that. Hit us <laughs> up at 844-52-SHERRY or leave us a talk back. I'd like to know you better. Anyway, here was the thing that I didn't pay that much attention to the first time, but this time I really focused on it. Miles Teller plays the son of Goose from the first Top Gun. Right. Maverick's wingman. And Goose, of course, we all know how that, I hope I'm not spoiling the ending, but we all know how Top Gun ended and Goose didn't make it. And it's devastating to Maverick. And his son is now all grown up and his son has become a fighter jet pilot. And the actor playing Goose's son, Rooster, is Miles Teller. I did not realize until we watched it again last night how brilliant that casting is. Miles Teller not only looks like he could be Anthony Edwards' son, he cl- I think he must have studied Anthony Edwards' performance in Top Gun because he has some of the mannerisms. It's subtle. It's so subtle that it, at no time does it call attention to itself. But when you watch it for a second or third time, you go, damn, this is a heck of a performance. Never mind like all of the aerial. I don't know how they shot this movie. Like, I don't know how they, I don't even know how they accomplished what they accomplished in this movie. And John Hamm, who I adore, of course, has the thankless role of playing. You know how every movie has that one character who's a complete bag of D's. He's in management and he doesn't want to know it. Don't want to know nothing from you, know how. Take a seat. Even when he's wrong, he's forced to like, you know, take that one all the way through. It was really, really fun to watch it again and not be so overwhelmed by the visuals. So give it a look, Max. If, if you want to, and if you want to see a movie that Miles Teller is in that I hadn't seen when it came out, and J.K. Simmons won the Oscar for, it's called Whiplash. Oh my God! What a great movie, and what amazing performances from both of the leads in that movie. You realize when you see an actor like Miles Teller, who is a star, but not like a big star yet, you realize what you're looking at. You're looking at somebody that's He's really a great actor. Tom great Cruise actor. is a good actor who's a great movie star. I don't mean to that, take anything away from him because, hey, he's a movie star. You just completely nailed it. You just and I'm, I wish Bob was here because I have something to say about Jennifer Conley in that movie too. But anyway, <laughs> we got more on to the news coming up. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. We are giving away a trip for you and your bestie to fly away to Florida and have some time, just the two of you. Your best friend is whoever you say your best friend is. It could be your mom or your dad. It could be your partner. It could be somebody you've known since you were in kindergarten. We're going to fly you both to Tampa. We're going to hook you up with a rental car. Then we're going to put you up at the Don Cesar Hotel. This is a great resort hotel. You're going to love it. Send you on a dinner cruise on the yacht Starship Cruises. Tickets to the Dolly Museum and the Clearwater Marine Aquarium. It's just you and your bestie. And all you have to do to win the trip 
is to post a picture of you and your BFF at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. That's B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Good luck. And this is, um, this is interesting, Max. Um, I haven't been pulled over. When was the last time you got pulled over by the cops? Can you remember? Yeah, it's probably about 10 years ago. It's probably about 10 years ago. I was in a, I was in an area where the speed limit went from 65 to 40 in about 100 feet. The last time I got pulled over, um, my, my daughter Olivia had fallen off the monkey bars at school at recess and broke both wrists. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. And anyway, it was a terror. It wasn't a clean break. She basically like pulverized, shattered the bones in her wrists into dust, ended up having to have surgery. That's how bad these breaks were. Was in a cast from, you know, just below her elbow to the, you know, around her thumb for weeks and weeks and weeks on both arms. And it was a crazy time Um, having, you know, there I'm like single mom. I've got one kid who can't take a bath or go to the bathroom without help. And, and the other one following me around going, she hit me in the head with her cast because <laughs> Olivia would talk with her hands and knock her sister off the couch. It was just, it was crazy. So we had gone to the Y for some event that the kids were involved in, some musical theater event or whatever. And because Olivia had both um, her arms and casts, the woman in charge of the show sent me home with a bouquet of balloons that they had used for decoration that you know, this will be, this is to cheer Olivia up. So I've got me and Olivia and all of the balloons in my car and my sister-in-law, Nancy, who was visiting me and Karamia and a couple of other kids in her car and we're driving home from the Y and my daughter is like, I have to go to the bathroom. I have to go to the bathroom. I have to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, well, I can pull over. There's a gas station, but it was so difficult with both arms and casts. And she had on like, it, it was just so, and she was in a costume. It was awful. So I get, I get pulled. And um, I pull over and uh, the car is filled with balloons, like some sort of clown car. Uh-huh. And my kid with bright purple casts on each arm. And the cop comes up and I roll the window <laughs> down. And he said, uh, what, what's your hurry? And he's looking in the car and it has to look insane. And I said, my, my daughter needs a bathroom. And, and Olivia holds up her arms. And the cop said, what happened to you? And she said, I fell off the monkey bars at school. And I said, and the bathroom situation is kind of challenging. <laughs> and he, and he's looking at me and he's looking at her and he goes, what are we celebrating tonight? Cause the car balloons are, as he's talking to me, balloons are trying to get out the window and hit him in the face. I was like, Oh, these are a present to, to cheer her up. So he's like, all right, you know, blah, blah, blah. Don't do it again. Be careful getting home. Meanwhile, unbeknownst to me, Karami is telling everyone in the other car, well, I guess my mom's going to prison now. <laughs> right? Cop, the cop did not do this because they don't do it anymore that they, because they wear body armor. But I just learned this, that before cameras were installed on police dashboards and before cops started wearing body cameras, when you would get pulled over, they would walk up to your car and they would tap your taillight. Do you know why they did that? I just learned this. No. They did that in case there was any drama or chaos. They left their fingerprints on your car. Oh, I had no idea. I did not know that either. I just learned that. It doesn't mean that they are suspicious of you. According to this article I read, um, it was just a thing like, yep, this stop really happened. 
here's my fingerprints. Because, you know, like, what if you got, what if you went crazy and hurt that or killed that police officer? Those fingerprints on your car are the only proof that you were there. Isn't that interesting? I, I got pulled over and I was always taught, show your hands like on the steering wheel so that they can see that they don't have anything to worry about. And I got the feeling when the cop came up that he was kind of making fun of me that I was being so rule following. That, well, he, mean, was what, kind, that he was kind of like, all right, sir. Okay. God, you can't win. You can't win. <laughs> Either balloons are escaping and bopping him in the face or you're it's following the rules too much. Yeah, I you think I got win. a felon here. Oh, yeah. Morons in the News is next. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News brought to you by Febreze Car. Breathe happy. Febreze Car. Let's go. Harvesting idiots from around the globe. You stupid moron. It's Morons in the News with Bob and Sherry. (sighs) Medics rushed to a home in Pinellas County, which is near Tampa in Florida, where a man had apparently suffered a cardiac arrest and after they got there the medics were like wow sorry he's gone they declared him dead police arrived on the scene a half an hour later and he was not dead he was he was breathing he was alive he's recovering in a hospital Um, we have no further information there is some concern that in the 30 minutes between being declared dead when he wasn't and the police arriving Mm that perhaps he missed out on an opportunity to have some critically important medical care. Um, the chief of uh, the fire department chief said, quote, upon notification of this incident, we removed both medics from their normal duties and discontinued their abilities to provide patient care. I, on behalf of the city, I apologize for their actions and inactions. We have strict policies and procedures in place that were not followed. These two did not perform to the standard of care that our citizens expect and deserve. I think knowing the difference between when somebody's dead and when they're not is is the just the barest of bare minimums. What do I, I mean? I'm not a medical person. No, what do I know? But you know, what do I know? I just I kind of feel like if you couldn't pass that part of the training, then you probably need to start over again. I mean, the man was clearly not deceased. The good news is, is he's in the hospital and we're just going to have to hope for the best. Let's go to today's moron of the day, a gentleman in the UK who tried to ruin Easter. His name is Joby Poole. He's 32. He used a metal grinder to break through a gate at an industrial park. Then he stole a semi truck and he towed away a trailer loaded with Cadbury cream eggs, 200,000 Cadbury cream eggs. And a bunch of other Easter candy as well, worth about $38,000. So the police, after they discovered the break-in, they stopped a vehicle and arrested the man at the wheel on suspicion of theft. They said that he walked toward the police with his hands up. He was arrested. The load was recovered. They were able to get all 200,000 Cadbury cream eggs back. And then, because we live in we live in the internet age... The police made endless fun of the man, mocking him for trying to be the Easter Bunny. So not only did he get caught, 
but he got made fun of. And when he goes to prison, everyone there is going to make fun of him, what was, too. What's the idea with this? I mean, how is he going to fence all those eggs? Is he going to stand on street corners? Yo, my man. Cadbury eggs. Cheap. You, you know what I don't get about this? Like, you when you steal something, they don't necessarily look at what you stole they look at the value of it right, right so it right. goes from sure. misdemeanor yeah. to larceny or whatever if you're gonna risk prison go for diamonds or something these are Cadbury cream eggs like if you don't even refrigerate them properly your whole it was all for nothing and you're right how are you fencing 200,000 Cadbury cream eggs you know what I love? The fact that you and I can come up with that crime turn just like that. Benson. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like we're going to old hands at stealing stuff and reselling it. Well, if we were, we would know better than to try yeah. to fence a couple hundred thousand Cadbury cream eggs. I mean, how much PMS is there on one small island in the North Atlantic? Come on. That is morons in the news. We'll get that posted up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. Coming up, we have a really interesting true crime time involving Brian Kohlberger and a woman who has become obsessed with him, plus comedian Dr. Kevin Fitzgerald. This is Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry, live tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. Tonight, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. This is a wild story. A guy named George Rebellis went into a thrift store in Ferris, Texas, a place called the Souls Harbor Thrift Store, and he spotted something that he just had to have. It was a C, a CD from Bachman Turner Overdrive. What? It's very specific. Yeah, very specific. George was like, I, I got to have that BTO CD. So he bought it and he brought it home and he didn't open the case for like a month. And when he did, there was something inside there that blew his mind. It's going to blow yours. It was a Polaroid photo with a date handwritten on the back of the photo. The date was 11-22-63. And the Polaroid was a photo of President John F. Kennedy riding in his motorcade in Dallas moments before the assassination. How crazy is that? Rebellis said, I realized immediately that this was an unpublished photograph. I was excited, but it was odd to find it in a, C- in a CD case. So an expert named Ferris Rookstall III, Rookstool, great name, Ferris Rookstall III, he used to be an analyst for the FBI, and he's um, kind of a renowned JFK historian. historian. Yeah. He said the photo is authentic. You know, this is an actual authentic photo. And he says, this is something pretty nice to have from history. This is something no one has seen in probably 60 years. So Rebellus said he doesn't know yet whether he's going to keep the photo or try to sell it to a collector. Um, It's hard to guess what it might be worth. A lot. Right? My guess is a lot and never before seen photo. And I'll remind you that just this past December... The um, National Archives released like, what was it, 13, 14,000 documents connected to the Kennedy yeah. assassination. And apparently about 95, 96, 97% of what we have on Kennedy is now in the public domain, including this never before seen Polaroid 
of JFK before that horrific event. That's crazy. That is it absolutely is amazing. And, and the it's fact crazy. that he was able to get it authenticated. Wow. So there you go. There's a lot of unexpected treasure in a thrift store. And who would have ever guessed what would be waiting inside that Why old box of Turner? When CDs. I go to the thrift store, I just find a bunch of clothes that don't really fit me anymore and look worn out. It, it's an it's like the Bermuda Triangle, Max. That's an ant- that's a mystery no one can solve. An enigma no one can answer. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. I was reading an article last night about some of the really tragic um, accidents and things that have happened on the set of movies over the years. I guess that this article was about the charges being downgraded on Alec Baldwin for that terrible thing that happened on the set of Russ when the cinematographer was killed. So they downgraded his charges. Um, and I guess that'll keep him out of prison. He faces one count of involuntary manslaughter, and that carries a sentence of 18 months in prison. But they've taken away the something called the firearm enhancement, which can can make you get a longer prison sentence if a firearm is involved in the crime. So they took that off. So he's still looking at some, possibly some prison time, but um, less than he would have been. And... I don't, you know, I, I just don't know. As I was reading this article, it talked about how there was that terrible helicopter accident on the set of uh, the Twilight, Twilight Zone, Zone and, you know, some of these other things. And and you just feel like we all know, I don't care what your job is, whatever job you have, we all know what it's like when you're in it for a long time, how things can get casual and sloppy. I'm not in any way defending what happened on the set of this movie, but I understand how people get casual and sloppy, don't you? Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you I think what happens is it, a lot of that stuff that you really need to be careful about, more time passes, you become a little bit less concerned about it. And you think, I, like I was watching on Mythbusters, they did a thing about um, how we we think that blanks are harmless, but but they're not. They're still projectiles being fired at you out of a gun. And so they showed like, all right, here's a here's a blank. And if you are this close to it when it gets fired, you're not going to you're not going to survive that. Right. This idea and this idea that, oh, it's they're blank. So, you know, we can just be crazy with these guns is not true. And I didn't I don't know anything about guns, really. I mean, I grew up in a family of hunters. My husband 
has guns, but I don't handle them. I don't really know that much about them. And the only movie that I ever worked on where we had guns and explosives, they didn't, they didn't use, um, they didn't use the same things that they were doing with Russ. So on the movie that I worked on, which was very, very low, it's hilariously bad. It's so low budget. And I have a cameo in it as a police officer because the actor that was supposed to play that part didn't show up that day. I never knew and, that. And guess who, guess who fit into the, the cop uniform? Me. And you know I'm a terrible, like, if you think I'm a bad singer, I'm a worse actor, right? So they were like, we need you to put on the uniform and, and go into the alleyway and be this cop because you're the only person who fits in. It was the lowest budget thing. Shout out to all of our listeners on 1027 GNI. It was filmed in Wilmington back in the day. Anywho, so that on that movie, they had squibs. So the actors who were going to get shot, because it was the story, this movie was the, the really bad, half-baked, ham-fisted story of a drug lord who um, got into some dirty deal. And I, the plot basically was, and then everything explodes and there's a hail of bullets. We blew up cars. We blew up boats. It was great fun to work on this thing, but it's a terrible movie. So the actors that were going to be involved in these gunfight scenes had squibs under their clothes with fake blood. And those, they were like little bags, little like condoms, I guess, of fake blood. Right. And they would be attached to uh, wires. I'm not really sure how the mechanics of it worked. And then at the moment, and the, the prop guys would coordinate at the moment of the, you know, the gunfight, they would hit a button and these squibs would blow up and it would look like this person had been shot. So they, they had, they, the actors who had guns were pointing guns and pulling triggers, but all of the sound of the gunfire was going to be added in post-production. And the only way that you knew that uh, when you were shooting that day on set, that there had been an actual gunfight is, you know, the prop guys would be like fire in the hole and the squibs would blow up. And my job on that movie, I worked in the costume department. My job on that movie would be to go to like Kmart or Walmart or whatever and buy 15 of the same white t-shirts because each one for continuity would have to have the same dirt on it or the same blood stain or whatever. And so I would spend my days sitting in the sun outside this ratty Rannick camper, you know, rubbing dirt into t-shirts in the same spot over and over again. Like I said, it was so much fun, even though it was the worst movie ever. So I don't know how they, that was so low budget. They couldn't even afford to have like an armorer or blanks or whatever, I guess. I don't know how it's different on the set of Rust. I can tell you that as, as somebody who did acting and paid acting work and did commercials and everything else, I was, I was uh, trying to get insurance, and I can't remember if it was life insurance or health insurance, and the agent said to me, he noted that I put on there radio producer slash actor, and he said, take the actor off. And I said, why? He said, they won't insure you. They look on oh, that. Wow. They look on that as a profession where high injury rate. Well, you know, it makes sense, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Although, to be fair, didn't Bob get declined because the, the insurance company called him and said, you're a radio DJ? As Absolutely know. not. It's dangerous work. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whew. We could choke on a cinnamon roll. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Lives are on the line here, people. All right, straight ahead. True crime time. And everyone needs a laugh. It's Bob and Sherry. 
Happy Hour tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. All right, it's true crime time. I've never seen anything like this. I've been around a while, and I'm into this. So a woman in Kentucky, her name is Brittany. I'm not going to give her last name because for all I know, she's listening right now, and I think think I'm going to spare her that. She's easy enough to find. She's been posting on Facebook her feelings, her deep romantic feelings for Brian Kohlberger um, since January, days after he was arrested and charged with the horrific murder of those college students in Ohio, four counts of first-degree murder. In her posts on Facebook, Brittany describes that she's lovesick about Brian Kohlberger. She says he's her crush. She says she's written numerous letters to him. She's worried that he's not receiving them. And so a psychiatrist named Dr. Carol Lieberman, um, who is the author of a book called Bad Boys, Why We Love Them, How to Live with Them, and When to Leave Them, um, has written this woman a letter, and Newsweek got a hold of it. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Here's the letter to this woman who's posting these lovesick comments about Koberger on Facebook. Dr. Lieberman wrote, Dear Brittany, I understand that you've been writing to Brian Koberger in jail in Idaho, the man accused of murdering four college students. Although some people have put you down for doing this, mocking you or telling you it's plain wrong, you know he is your one true love and that your love is very real. You feel he is lonely and sad in jail and that no one understands him like you do. You feel your letters are helping him survive in there and giving him hope. I know because I've talked to and written about women like you who write to guys in jail. She said, you want to rescue Brian. You feel he's been misunderstood all his life. You know what that feels like because you've been misunderstood too. You've heard that he's been rejected and hurt by girls, and you get that because you've been rejected and hurt by boys. Your dad never made you feel lovable enough, so you grew up feeling like you could never catch a prince like the ones in fairy tales. But with Brian, it's different. His princely crown may be a little tarnished, and his royal robe is a little tattered, but you think he will love you, unlike the other princes who rejected or hurt you. You want to believe he's not guilty. People may tell you that chances aren't good that he'll get out, but you think that even if he doesn't, you'll just move near whatever prison he goes to next and visit him all the time. But have you thought about the fact that he may have other women writing to him? Other women who've fallen in love with him like you? You might never know this until you've wasted years pining for him. And she wraps up the letter by telling Brittany, Get some psychotherapy and work on your feelings of not being lovable enough so that you can find a prince in real life. And if it makes you happy to keep writing to Brian in the meantime, fine. But with therapy, you'll discover that a man who is already out in the world, in the real world, will make you even happier. And you deserve it. Sincerely, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Wow. What do you think? Well, I think she hit on all the points to try to to push the, the right buttons with her in in a positive way, certainly. But, you know, women have been doing this a long time. It's funny, when you talked about this story, I looked up, the Menendez brothers are both in their 50s, which is kind of hard to believe, but they are. And um, they have wives. They have wives who they are currently married to, but, you know, no conjugal visits or anything else, just whatever kind of relationship they can have in a prison situation like that. I remember um, this was... A while ago, you hadn't been dating anyone for a while, and and um, the Menendez brothers showed up in the news for some reason. And you said, 
you said to me, you want to explain to me how the Menendez brothers have wives? I don't have a date for Valentine's Day. And it's a question, you know? Yeah. And I think what was interesting about this letter was the talk about, like, what you believe is obvious. Like, oh, you think he's, that you're the only person that can understand him. I will never forget watching the Netflix documentary on um, the, the guy in Wisconsin, Stephen Avery. Oh yeah, and the and the women that were that were all all like I like a fixer upper as you know I do enjoy a project, but the, there's some houses you can't save. The guy that was the night the uh, the night stalker out in Los Angeles, I think he's Ramirez. Ramirez, yeah, he's he's died in jail. But uh, at any rate, he would have a gaggle of women who would come to the courtroom to see him. Like on the one hand. I think, well, isn't it beautiful that even someone accused of the most unspeakable crimes, there's another person out in the world that can see a sliver of goodness. Isn't that nice? Isn't that a good thing? Then on the other hand, I'm over here going, oh, y'all kind of nutty. What are you thinking? even, Even if you do understand him like no other person ever has. Really? Doesn't that Koberger doesn't seem to have a sliver of goodness in him at this point? I mean, we could do it like we could do an hour on on, on what we already know about Brian Koberger, and you would have to go get a jacket because it would be cold. He is cold, he's also exhibit A in cell phone addiction because he could not, he turned his cell phone off. To head over there, but he couldn't. He had that itchy scrolling thumb. He couldn't stop himself from flipping it back out of airplane mode. That's a big part of the reason they got him. Yep. You know that, right? Yep, I do know that because I've obsessively followed this, like I do all crimes. So, cell phone addiction, buddy. Straight ahead, everyone needs a laugh with veterinarian slash comedian Dr. Kevin Fitzgerald. It's Bob and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is brought to you by HelloFresh. Use code BobandSherry22 at HelloFresh.com slash BobandSherry22. Happy hour tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. And today, this is unusual. This is Dr. Kevin Fitzgerald, comedian and veterinarian. I grew up in Denver. I come from a, a big Irish Catholic family. I told you, I grew up in a black neighborhood, went to a black high school and one of my friends, a few weeks ago, the kid I'd grown up with, he had a Boston Terrier, and the little Boston Terrier, after my friend had had a soul food party, the little dog had gotten into the old soul food and eaten a bunch of bones and maybe pig knuckles, and, and we were worried that the little dog might have an obstruction. So we put the little Boston up on the table and touched his tummy, and he's like, ooh, didn't know a dog could make that noise, you know? <laughs> so I told the kid, there's a 50-year-old high school boy who wants to go to vet school real bad, I said, John, take the dog in the back with me. Let's get an x-ray, see if he's got a piece of bone in there. We take the dog in the back. We get a film. There's no bone, but there's something dense in his stomach. I think we can make him vomit, make him feel better. I tell the kid, hold the dog. I'll give him the medicine. We'll see what he brings up. Kid holds the dog. I give him the medicine. The dog vomits up a completely intact, unchewed pig heart, the valves and all. The kid turns green and faints. He thinks the dog has vomited up his own heart. 
<laughs> he gets up off the floor and goes, oh, Doc, we heard him bad. I think that's something he might need. <laughs> you go, no, honey, you couldn't live without a heart. You got a, it's got a, you got a brilliant future. Kid, brilliant. You go, it's, you know. <laughs> I have a hobby. I identify snakes for the Rocky Mountain Poison Center. And did you know if you're bitten by a poisonous snake in this country, your insurance company won't pay for the antivenin until they know what kind of snake has bitten you, right? And so, I, I mean, so for the handsome sum of $50 a snake, I go down for my friend Denver, uh, at Denver General, uh, Dr. Bronstein, and identify snakes. What, you look at me weird, like I could have worse hobbies. <laughs> like my brother, the bowler. <laughs> bowling, 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 bowling. <laughs> But I digress. <laughs> Earlier this summer, one of our neighbors out on a prairie town in, in, on the prairie in Colorado had been bitten on his bottom on a Friday night at his outhouse by a rattlesnake. They'd bitten on, and so I was sitting home with my mother, smoking a cigar. I give her one a week. <laughs> and the phone rings, it's Bronstein, and I say, Al, you got a snake bite? He goes, I do. Can you come down? We got a guy bitten by a snake. Who doesn't want $50? I jump in the car, drive down to Denver General. Now, I got to tell you, Denver General, they keep the poison people on the second floor. So I get up to the second floor and I can hear this guy yelling, my whole butt's numb. Do something. Do something. Don't, don't make me wait. Give me the antivenin. And I see Al. I go, Al, where's the snake? And he goes, you know, we don't really have the snake. We were hoping maybe you look at his bottom and tell us you thought it was a snake bite. <laughs> Not for 50 bucks. If, if you gotta look at somebody's butt, they gotta pay him more, right? I mean, but we gotta be nice, right? So I look at his bottom, and there were two red marks, and it could have been a snake bite. So I tell Al, it could be a snake bite. We jump in the car, we drive out to this little prairie town. So the sun's just going down. We got the wife on the cell phone. We meet her at the outhouse. We walk up to the outhouse. Al's got a big light in his car. He brings. We get close to the outhouse. We hear something moving. He shines his light down in the outhouse, and there in the outhouse is a chicken. He's been pecked on the bottom by a chicken and drove all the way to Denver screaming about a snake. You, you can't even make that up. It's not a, it's not a joke yet, but a good story. I, I had to tell somebody that. I got back there, I told my mother, and she goes, well. I go, well, what? She goes, did you save the chicken? I go, yeah. I didn't leave him in an outhouse. Is that he an is, unusual is, character? I was going to say the most unusual comic that we've featured on the show. Yeah. I thought so too. Dr. Kevin yeah. Fitzgerald, comedian and veterinarian. We'll get that posted up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. This is Bob and Sherry. Happy hour tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Uh, very quickly, a sign scene. I think it's uh, underneath a Burger King uh, sign. It says, Balloon rides canceled until further notice. I, I would uh, I would imagine that's the case in uh, in most places. Uh, Julie Schwartz Gottman is a doctor and has written a book called Seven Days to More Intimacy, Connection, and Joy: The Love Prescription. So I'm just going to burn through these. Some of them, I guess, I'm going to have to use myself as an example. Some I would do. Uh, Some I probably would pass on, but number one is really interesting. So here we go. You go up to somebody that you're interested in or you're dating now. How about a hug? You know, I'm not into hugging, so that's probably not me. 
This is for somebody who is interested in dating someone. And uh, this psychologist says, just go up and say, will you go out with me? Just like that. Keep it simple. Don't get, don't get cute. Just keep it simple. Another one. I will use this one. You know what I love about you? I have no problem saying that to Mary at all. You know what I love about you? You're such a up personality. You just light up the room when you walk in. Uh, here's the next one. What's going on in that beautiful brain? Uh-uh. Passing on that. Oh, that's I don't think on. you can oh, pull that off. I don't think I yeah. can. No, it's just, it sounds like something out of it, the 1950s. It sounds like it's trying to be a compliment, but it's really condescending. Exactly. It, exactly. Well, What's it's ripping well? off the lyric of a John Legend song, too, which should make you feel extra douche-tastic. Yeah, yeah. What's going on? What's made you feel seen? and heard lately. I don't know one guy that would use those words. I mean, you if could my ask, husband, how you doing? If my husband ever used those words on me, I would right. reach covertly for my phone and call 911 because I know he's about to kill me. Yeah, like it's about true. to get all Dateline up in here. Yeah. Here's one, here's one that's just as bad. I just don't see myself going up to Mary and saying, have we had any misses lately? Are you kidding me? Are you well, asking sorry, what for is that? trouble? Misses. What does that even mean? That that means, Misses? you know, are we messing up as a couple? We're not connecting. Oh, what's opening the door to that for you? Exactly. Uh, this one is, are you available? That is to, to talk to somebody who perhaps you're interested in. You saw them at the wedding reception. Uh, are you available? What do you think about that as a woman? I think that sounds, you know, sort of an interesting way to introduce yeah, yourself. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm okay, you okay with, with it. that? Yeah. Okay. Here's number one, and I agree. Is there anything you need from me today? If only, yeah. Is there anything but you if, need from me today? But that, if I if, answer it, and the answer was something you were hoping to not have to do, you're not allowed to show it on your face. No, you can't. You cannot. Because you've opened yourself up. You're saying, I'm going to be... I'm going to be this kind of a guy. I am going to be this kind of a guy. Let her know that uh, you know, she means a sometimes, lot to me. Sometimes Kev will say to me, well, if you want, I could I could go get that at the store. And I'll say, could you? And and his words say yes. But his face is like, all of the puppies are gone. They've all been killed. Know, all the puppies I know are that, dead. I know, that so face. I know that feeling. You're right. When you're right, you're right. You've got that down. This is Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's Clean O-R-I-G-I-N.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's Clean, O-R-I-G-I-N.com, code RADIO10. Bob and Sherry, live tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. Tonight, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page.
It is talkback time. Now, if you have our app, it's free in Google Play in the App Store. Just grab the Bob and Sherry app, download it, tap the little microphone in the bottom center of the screen and talk. And the app will do everything else and send your words flying through the air at us. Or if you prefer to do things kind of in an old school way, you can use the phone to talk. Call 844-52-SHERRY. That's 844-52-SHERRY. This, this one comes in two parts. Hey, Max and Doc, Bob and Sherry. I thought I'd shake that up a little bit. I was just listening to um, the talkbacks that you guys were playing, and the one woman chimed in about never have, not having the house to herself since COVID. And Bob asks a question, like, is there one main annoyance of the guys or whatever it is? And I am recording this before Sherry gives her answer because you guys just went to a break. And I'm just wondering how close it might be to Sherry's answer. Because for me... As women, as we all know, we typically take on the brunt of all caretaking. That's animals, children, our spouses. Um, You know, I take great pride in taking care of the people that I love. And so that can be exhausting. And for me, having the house to myself is just because I don't want to have to take care of anybody else. I don't want to have to worry about anybody else's emotions how they're feeling, what they didn't get today, how crappy their day was. Um, It's just, just getting to be me and not the caretaker me. Because as a caretaker, you need a break. So any hoozles, I'm really excited to hear what Sherry says. I'm going to hang up now and see what Sherry says. Okay, you guys have a great day. Bye. Okay. Hello, Bob and Sherry crew. Uh, Sherry, uh, sorry, I just left the message about what I was, I was just so intrigued on what you were going to say. And can I just tell you? I mean, you so eloquently and perfectly nailed it. You nailed it. So yeah, I hope that, um, every person will stand up and pay attention. <laughs> to their mamas or their grandmas or whoever it is that's taking care of that. That when we want some gosh darn space to ourselves, just give it to us. Just give it to us because we need it. Ah, thank you. That was perfect. <laughs> you know, um, thank you. It is just true that it is hard to be off duty when other people are in the house. Like I'm watching The Last of Us and you know that Nobody else wants to watch that with me. Kevin won't watch anything that is even remotely paranormal, zombie, UFO, whatever. So I'm like, all right, that's fine. You don't have to watch it. I'm certainly not going to watch Sports Center. So I'll go to another room and I'll be watching The Last of Us. And I've already announced I am unplugging. I'm on break. No one is to bother me. And he's like, oh, woman, it's like I'm not here. You just you watch your zombie crap and and you eat your empty calories and you just do whatever you want. But he'll come into the room and I'll I'll pause The Last of Us and he'll say, "How's your zombie show?" And I'll be like, "It's it's um, absolutely some of the best television I've ever seen." And he's like, "Well, if you get tired of that and you want me to rock your world, you know where I am." <laughs> okay. 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 I. <laughs> Do you understand the problem, Max? You see all the problems? problems? I do. I do. See, this is my time. And if I decide in my time that what I want is to eat potted meat and have my world rocked, I will announce that. If what I want is to eat spaghetti and watch zombies, then, you know, maybe not. 
Um, or he'll come into the room and he'll go, are you watching The Handmaid's Tale again? Yeah, I am. He goes, you know, it just makes you angry. Maybe you could watch some, something else that get out of this room, get out of my house, go, go away, go, go. That's all it is. We can't relax and be off duty if y'all are in the house and you need us for anything. All right, Max, next talk back. Bob and Sherry, this is Gary here. I just heard your comments about feeding your husband lentil kale squash soup and trying to call it chili. I think that that is the same as you going to a bar and ordering a glass of wine and them giving you non-alcoholic wine and trying to say, no, 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 it's the same thing. I've had this fight with my wife for 35 years. Chili is meat, no beans. Chili two ways is meat and beans. Chili three ways adds onions. Chili four ways adds cheese. And chili five ways adds spaghetti. I think that's a reasonable definition. Uh, Be prepared for retribution from your husband. (laughs) (laughs) Gary, Gary, I apologize. I, I am ignorant. But if chili is just meat, like if, if if you can't even put onions in it, then how come we call in it chili? Why can't we just call it meat? How is just a bowl of meat? Help me, Max. How is that chili? Just a bowl. I of think meat? you have to have beans. You really have to have at least beans oh. in it. But I've got excuse to- you, sir. Be ready for retribution from Gary. But, but Sherry, you're, you're giving him kale and squash and this other. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with him that on that. That's not I'm really. Just- you know what? I'm over here just trying to keep the man alive. Now, if he were here, he'd go, why are you keeping me alive? Nobody wants me to be happy. You don't care about me. All right, straight ahead. We're going down the rabbit hole. Speaking of food, it's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry, go. Down the rabbit hole. Y'all are going to love this. This is Tim Hawkins singing Buffet Man. I want to do a little request for the folks before I sing. Saturday, a regular crowd waddles in, and there's an old man, he's at the register, an early bird with a quadruple chin. He says, Miss, I don't need a doggy bag or container made from styrofoam. Cause when I get the chance I shove bread in my pants And that's the way I take it home Oh la 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 Bring us a tray of the buffet man Oh bring us a tray tonight 
Cause you're salty and you're sweet And it's all you can eat We're bloated but we're feeling alright And Travis the chef He's a friend of mine He brings me a cinnamon roll says, Tim, I could be the manager, except that I'm still on parole. And Paul is a regular customer, with Peter's identical twin. And when they walk side by side, they're at least ten feet wide. Nobody knows how they got in. Tonight Because you're salty and you're sweet And it's all you can eat We're bloated but we're feeling alright And it's a pretty good crowd For a Saturday But the manager is going insane Cause he saw someone sneeze In the fresh mac and cheese Now he's calling it Cache the Pizza and the music is blaring Adele. Yes, I came in for brunch and it turned into lunch. How about dinner? Oh, what the? Everybody sing out, la da 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 da. Sing it out, la da 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 da. Bring us a tray of the buffet man. Sing it high. Bring us a tray of the buffet man. Bring us a tray tonight Salty and sweet Cause you're salty and sweet And it's all you can eat We're bloated but we're feeling alright Hey, thanks so much for coming out Hope you had a good time Yeah! That is Tim Hawkins We'll post that up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. And while you're on our website at bobandcherry.com, don't forget to post up a picture of your bestie because you could win a trip for you and your best friend to fly away to Florida and have an adventure at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. This is Bob and Cherry. Can you believe this is brought to you by State Farm? You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I don't believe this shit. I cannot believe this I do what I can to keep my nerdiness in check, you know, but y'all know I'm a giant science goober and there are certain things that it blows my mind people don't know about. And February is Black History Month and I want you all to know about an incredibly brilliant person whose genius and work and efforts um, have contributed to your life in ways you can't even imagine and you don't know his name. Do you know who Percy Julian is? Percy I do Julian? not. No. no. Percy, Percy Julian was the grandson of slaves. He grew up during segregation. He um, grew up in extreme poverty and disintegration. But he went on to become not just a world-class scientist and entrepreneur, but a person who has over 130 patents 
And his work in um, chemical synthesis, which I know sounds like blah, 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 is the reason why when you have pain in your knee, you get a cortisone shot. It's the reason why um, progesterone is now synthesized and available as a medication. Let me tell you about Percy Julian. He got his master's degree in chemistry from Harvard in 1923, but he wasn't offered a single teaching assistantship because the, the belief in 1923 was that no white student would accept a black man as a teacher. Now, I want you to think about, I want you to think about what that reality must have been like for Percy Julian. But you know what? He did not let that make him bitter. Um, he went on to Vienna, Austria and got his doctorate. And for some reason in Vienna, he wasn't subjected to the same degree and kind of racism he'd encountered without it throughout his life. He studied with another brilliant chemist who couldn't believe that Julian was not only a genius in chemistry, but he could learn languages like on the, at the drop of a dime. He was musically gifted. It was just crazy how powerful his brain was. And in 1936, he was hired by the Glidden Company to be their director of research. Have you heard of Glidden Paint? Because it still exists course, today, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, Percy Julian discovered that you could use soy protein um, that it made uh, not only could you use it in paint, but that soy could be synthesized to make fire extinguishing foam. They called it aerofoam. It was a blend of soy protein and water, and it was used by the U.S. Navy to fight oil and gasoline fires on ships during World War II. Wow. And then while he was working for Glidden as their director of research, he figured out a way to synthesize the female hormone progesterone. And at the time, it was used to help women prevent miscarriages. You know, they'd go into preterm labor and they'd be given progesterone and, and bed rest and you could keep your baby. And it all happened when water accidentally leaked into a tank of purified soybean oil. When Percy Julian looked at that, he went, wait a minute. I think that we can synthesize this the, from, from soybeans. I think we can apply this same technology to progesterone. And not only did he do that, and this is his most famous accomplishment, he figured out how to synthesize cortisone from soybeans. The Mayo Clinic um, declared the cortisone relieved symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis, and suddenly the demand for cortisone exploded. Scientists have been trying to find a way to create cortisone from scratch, but Percy Julian figured out how to synthesize it. Pre-Percy Julian, they had to get the bile glands of slaughtered oxen to get cortisone. It took 15,000 dead oxen Yikes. to produce enough cortisone for one patient to be treated for a year. 15,000. Well, but Percy Julian was like, hold my beer, y'all. And he figured out how to do it in such a way that you can walk into a doctor's office right now and get a shot of cortisone and walk out with relief. And you should know his name, everybody, Percy Julian. Well, I am very grateful to Mr. Julian because I, I got the aforementioned shot and it, it's miraculous. I just want to tell you one more thing before we run out of time for Percy Julian. Um, he went on to refine and figure out ways to synthesize these drugs ever more easily and cheaply. He formed his own company, which he then sold to Smith & Klein for millions of dollars. He was celebrated with a congressional resolution to honor him. 
He was active in civil rights. He mentored other young chemists and scientists. Sometimes, you know, we celebrate the thing and we never stop to consider where was the human brain behind that invention? So Percy Julian, y'all, remember that name because that is an incredible American scientist and inventor. It's Bob. All right. Straight ahead on the Bob and Sherry show. I was talking about this movie just the other day. I think it's the worst movie of the year. It has two amazing stars. It's a rom-com. What do Americans think? Do they kind of believe that rom-coms show you the way romance can be? It's straight ahead. It's Bob and Sherry. Happy hour tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. So how many people believe that rom-coms depict what romance can be or is? I will give you the answer to that in just a minute, but i got to take one more second to uh, drop another bomb on what I think is the laziest romantic comedy ever produced. It's out right now, and it's called Your Place or Mine, starring the lovely Reese Witherspoon, I love her, and Ashton Kutcher. And the two of them know each other, but, you know, the whole movie is whether or not they're going to get together. I call it the laziest for a couple of reasons. Number one, the ending, I won't tell you exactly what happens, but you can guess, guess where it takes place. Frantically, in an airport, which has been done a million times. But here's the thing. If you've seen some old Turner classic movies like uh, Pillow Talk with Rock Hudson and Doris Day, there's that one scene where he is flirting with her from a bathtub. They split the screen. She's in a bathtub. They both got phones. He, of course, you know, is bare-chested and she has bubbles up to oh, covering her breasts. And that back then evidently was very, very racy. Well, a few years ago, Renee Zellweger and uh, Ewan McGregor did a parody of that movie, including the bath scene, and they made it a lot racy. And it was funny. So the parody's been done. Guess what scene shows up in your place or mine? The bath scene between the two of them. When I say lazy, whoever wrote that knew about those scenes and stole it and also incorporated the ending with the running through the airport at each other. It's just, it's really such a disappointment because Mary and I don't watch very many movies together and I thought it was going to be fun and it was not. So this takes me back to what do people think? What is the percentage of people who think that romantic comedies have changed their expectations of real life relationships? 29% feel they are accurate portrayals of love, while 46% say it's a bunch of bull. And the one movie they brought up more than any other was Pretty Woman. Here's what shocks me. There are actually 29% of us out there that think that rom-coms represent what romance is. it's, It's pure fantasy. It's pure fantasy. And so many people buy into, oh, that's the way it's going to be. Somebody's got to believe in magic. I'm looking at you, 20%. I'm looking at you. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. And good luck to you. It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. I find myself spending a lot of time thinking about a woman that I've never met that I'm never going to meet. She lives in Warsaw in Poland, and um, she had 
seven children. She and her husband have seven children. She got pregnant mm-hmm. and um, she just gave birth to quintuplets. She and her husband now have 12 children. <laughs> and I can't stop thinking about a mother with seven children giving birth to five more and knowing yeah. that God chooses us, you know, for certain paths in life. And, mm-hmm. and uh, up there in the baby soul's waiting station, I said, Lord, how about me? How about seven children and, and preemie quintuplets? And God said, LOL, girl, no, take a seat. <laughs> that, was the right thing. that is uh, that is daunting, I would lose my to mind. say the least. Her name is Dominica Clark. She's 37. And um, she gave a, uh, an interview to the press in Poland after the babies came. Now, they are, they are preemies, um, two boys, three little girls, um, mm-hmm. 28th week. So they're early, but, you know, they're in the NICU. And they're teeny tiny. I mean, uh, the smallest weighs less than two pounds. I mean, they're teeny little itty bitsy things, but they're doing they're doing well. And Good. so Dominica gave an interview. Uh, seven kids at home are okay. Looking forward to meeting their five uh, brothers and sisters. And she said, "quote If you have a system, a calm approach, and a positive attitude, it's possible to have a really cool life with such a large bunch of children." Let me tell you about the the other seven at I, home. I, I want well. First of all, I want to know about the system. <laughs> well, they. Golly. I was with her. I was with her with system, and I was with her with positive attitude. Where I got lost was a calm approach because I don't think I could have <laughs> a calm could approach. No, um, no, so your house would never be calm. Let me tell you about the seven that are at home. The youngest at home is ten months old. The oldest at home is 12 years old, and there are two sets of twins in that mix. Two sets of twins. And she's like, yeah, you know, calm attitude, positive attitude, we're good to go. 12 kids, and six of them are going to be under a year old. Can Mm. you even imagine? Is there any, in that article, is there any information about um, what their financial situation is? Uh, Is the government helping out? Because, good Lord, that sounds, I was going to say daunting. I got to ask, why would the government help out just because they have a lot of kids? There's no, as far as I know, there's no government help. Um, They don't seem, there's nothing in the story about like what life is like at home. Um, But you heard what she said. If you have a system, a calm approach. And a positive attitude, here we are. Twelve children under twelve. The oldest is twelve. Twelve children under twelve. You know, fr- from her words, it sounds like she sincerely believes what she's saying and is living what she's saying. Sometimes if you're in a situation where people are going to go, oh my God, are you kidding me? You know, you kind of say, this is, this I enjoy a lot of commotion. I know a lot of people don't like commotion, but my husband and I just love a lot of commotion. And we've got it with this one. Every day there's something new. And every single one of the kids is like a complete perfect child. You know, you would just throw it back because people are talking about you. But she sounded like, hey, this is uh, this is my calling in life, evidently. This is my road. And I admire I admire it. I had, you know, my girls are two years apart. So I had a newborn and a two-year-old and, and we, we skidded into the, into the end of every single day, like with my hair on fire. I don't know what I would do if you added 10 more children to that mix. That's, that's like a half a classroom. That is, 
That is wild. I am this woman. I am in awe of this woman. I am in awe. I think of there's her uh, for, for average uh, people uh, in the world. I think there is a big difference when you go from two to three children. Because number one, the op- I mean, the joke is you're outnumbered. Um, but there, there is just something about that third child that uh, I mean, you love he or she, but the amount of energy to keep everything going, to get them dressed on Sundays for church, to uh, you know, one of them is always crying on a on a family weekend away or something, screaming in the car. That's a lot. Two has always seemed manageable to me. Um, two. Two is manageable. Um, when I when I'm with my little munchkins now, um, like the ba- like Ada, my little tater tots, three, and her sister's one. The problem with with two little kids is one of them's like chase me, chase me, chase me, and the other ones don't look over here. I'm about to put my finger in the electrical outlet while eating play doh. Right. Like it's right. it. I just didn't have the like my brain couldn't divide itself that many ways. Twelve, that's just awe inspiring. And to have 12 kids under the age of 12. Domenica, Queen, you you are an inspiration to us all. And they're all doing well. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry, live tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. Tonight, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. While we have a couple of days left in Love Month, show of hands, who wants to hear a wild, rowdy, raucous, sexy story about how giant pandas get it on in the wild. Oh, please. Anyone? Bueller? Anyone? Bob, I noticed yeah. your hand isn't up. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me use the other hand to get it up there. <laughs> there, there we go. you go. Okay, there Sometimes it is. a man there needs an assist. There's it no does. shame in that. Yeah. Right. So pandas are very, we know that it's very difficult, like almost tragically, notoriously difficult for pandas to mate in captivity. It's why it's such a great big deal when zoo pandas have a little baby panda, a little fat ball of fluff. so cute. I've seen them. Yeah. Yeah. But listen, pandas mating in the wild, woo, that's hard too. And we, we just haven't known, we haven't understood why it's so difficult for pandas to mate. There was a theory for a long time that said that because they have to spend all damn day eating, you know, they're exhausted by the time romance rolls around. You've been there. Yeah. We've all been there, right? Yeah, and bamboo like seems it. to be hard to digest, too. Yeah. yeah. Continue. But but it turns out that it's a lot wilder than that. For the first time ever, filmmakers captured wild panda mating rituals. So here's what happened. Two big male pandas, one older, one younger, were courting the same lady panda and she was high up in a tree off the ground and the two male pandas are down at the base of the tree and they're like staring at each other and circling and the older male panda is like step off son I have a lot of life experience and the younger male panda was like says you daddy-o and they kept circling and growling and snarling and making panda faces at each other and then guess what the younger male backed off the younger male was like, you got me here, experience. Really? And he wow. crept off into the woods in his embarrassed defeat. And then the female panda's like, hey, 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 just because y'all fighting over me doesn't mean I want any part of it. She comes down from the tree, 
beats the snot out of the older male panda and escapes. The two males, the younger one and the older one, stalked her for weeks and weeks and weeks, growling at each other, snapping at each other, calling each other out, until finally the, the female panda was like, oh my God, you're just never going to leave, are you? So she made it with the younger male panda. And here's what we've learned from that. Ready? I know what we've learned. Go ahead. We've learned that pandas, in order to mate, have to have prolonged male rivalry and competition, including attempts to take the female hostage. All of that triggers the female panda to go into heat. Without that chest beating, she's mine. No, she's mine. No, she's mine. No, she's mine. The lady pandas are like, I'll tell you what, boys, I'm going to eat this bamboo till I explode. Without that, there's no ovulation. There's no way you can have a baby panda. And that's part of the problems in zoos is you've got a, a guy panda and a girl panda and you put them together and you light a candle and nothing happens. You need competition and rivalry and fighting and battles and drama. It is exactly like The Bachelor. It is so much like Milf Manor. It is the real housewives of the bamboo forest. It's, it's unbelievably It's a amazing. beer joint on Friday night for crying out loud. It's, it's, it's just, it sounds like, you know, a very basic ritual that human beings employ. We're anim- I mean, it really we're animals does. Too. We're animals yeah, too. Yeah. But here's my question for you, little white man. Here's my question for you. You have been on this planet. You have been on this planet. Your whole life, you never knew why pandas were so hard to to breed. We never knew. We finally know. We finally have the answer. That's good. There are a lot of things in your life that will be a mystery from the minute you're born till the day you die, and you will die never knowing. Here's the answer to that. Yeah. You know what else this says? How complex women are. These two guys know exactly what what they're interested in. And she's got to get them going through this hoop and that hoop. Oh, I'm not I'm not feeling it right now unless the two of you go mono panda a panda against each other. So complex, so confusing, so exhausting. And now you know, and you didn't yeah. know. Like none of us yeah. knew. Yeah. We find we know something. We finally know something. So if the aliens are coming, at least we've solved one mystery before they wipe us out. There you go. There you go. Now, if you stay there, folks, we're going to continue, but we're going to move along to a different animal. And you will not believe what this animal did and what happened. And it's straight ahead right here with Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry Vault is brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. Now, let's open up. The Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. Talking about regrets this morning. You know, sometimes people have big, big, big picture regrets like, I should have been a nurse. And other times people have little teeny tiny regrets, but they still kind of have the power to haunt. Hi, Renee. Hello. So what is it that you regret? Well, (laughs) we were trying to help them out. And it's going on a year. And, I mean, they're 30 years old. Who were you helping? Okay. Who were you helping? Um, oh, God, I hope they're not listening. My son-in-law and his wife. Oh. So they live with you? 
Yes. Where do they live? It is a two-bedroom house. It is very, very small. And when I say small, it's small. And I mean, I love them. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, it's time to go. It's time to get out on your own. You're 30 years old. It's time to go on. You're not 10 anymore. What kind of what kind of recreation area are you all sharing? So there's two bedrooms, and what do you yeah. have, like a living room and then a kitchen? That's it, and That's a bathroom. It. And a ba- one bathroom? Yes. Is it, is it that it's just no fun sharing your space, or are they doing something that's really kind of annoying? That's it. There's nowhere to go. You get ill, there's nowhere to go. They don't clean up. They don't help. I mean, it's time to go. How do you um? How do you how do you stay in someone else's house and not like clean up and help? How do you do I that? I don't know. How, you just time. you just say it's their and, house, and and I'm a guest. I am a guest. But you're not a guest. House. You're living here. There are people who have always been used to having others do it, and they just sort of expect it. Wow. Hey, there Renee, you go. What what do you do? Like last night, Sherry watched up. Uh, Sherry watched Dancing with the Stars. What'd y'all do last night? Oh, I go in the bedroom. He watches TV in the living room, and the other one watches TV in their room. It's called, he's he and the other one. <laughs> he and, what a great name for a TV show, he and he the, and other, the one. other one. You know what? When you start referring to them as he and the, and the other, other one, one, things are bad. I mean, I talk to people all the time, and they're like, well, they're 30 years old. They need to, you know, get their own place. They're young, you know, blah, 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 blah. Which one is and, he? Is that your uh, husband or is, is your husband the other one? My husband, well, no. No, it's, oh, the other, other one. one. is the son-in-law. Yeah, oh. he is the husband. <laughs> he is the husband. The other one's the, the wife? No, the, the other. son-in-law. Yeah. The wife is in her room. Oh, and yeah. Renee is in her room, mm-hmm. and the husband and the son-in-law are in the living room. Oh, yeah. Um, is it kind of awkward because, you know, they're newlyweds and stuff? Is that kind of awkward? I don't know. I mean, for me, it would be because, you know, I'd want my own space if I wanted to walk around in the house nude or if I wanted to do whatever, you know. Well, but you've got other Don't walk people. away, Renee. <laughs> All right. yeah. or, or do, depending on the view. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you've got... Four adults in the house, and then you got grandchildren in the house, and it's just—I don't know. How about pets? Anybody have pets? Yes. What do you have? Um, we have a boxer, a Jack Russell, uh, a potbelly pig. Um, I'm trying to think what else we have. We have goats, horses. <laughs> how many? How many live inside? Uh, two. My the- boxer and my Jack Russell. My potbelly pig used to, but I moved her outside. Huh. Well, I mean, you know, you got a house full of people and animals. That sounds familiar to me. I, I can't really. I can't yeah, really but you're, say you've got a big else. house. She's got a, like a retirement sort of house, right? You've got that part right, like an apartment almost. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what are you going to do, Renee? Like what, what are you going to do? I have no. Why can't you just say it's time? Well, oh, it your husband like doesn't. We have. I have. I keep saying, don't you think it's time? It's time for them, you know. We're older. Uh, well, he's older than I am, but I'm like, we need our space. They need their space. You know what you should yeah. do? You should do what happened to Max when he graduated uh, from high school. What did they give you, Max? They gave me a clock radio so I could get up on time for college. And when I turned 18, they gave me luggage. So I think the message was clear. <laughs> you ought oh, to give that them. Doesn't work. That doesn't work with his son. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. Uh-uh. That does not work. He'd think, I got get luggage. Oh, man, when we go on vacation, do I get to take that, too? No, that doesn't work. Do you hear them, uh, you know what, in the other room? 
No. No, 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 no. no. They probably do it when I'm not there. <laughs> so he's in bed asleep right now. He's still sleeping, your son-in-law? Yes. What's she doing? Uh, I think she's at work. I'm not sure. Mm. He's looking smarter by the minute. <laughs> Small <laughs> house, two rooms. Uh, and pays then no a, rent, pays no bills. Does pop, nothing, apparently. Pop belly pig and three dogs. <clears throat> and the goats. Hey, you know, Renee, that could be a reality show. Happy Hour, tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. I have this really interesting story about a tortoise that escaped from his home. He was a pet. He's a tortoise. He escaped from his home four years ago, and he was just found a mile away from his house. In a moment, I will give you what scientists believe was his speed. Okay, his name was Fred, and he was reunited with his owner, Georgina Rogerson, after she saw somebody on Facebook reporting a recovered tortoise. Uh, The Good Samaritan was Sarah Ellis. She found the tortoise on a busy road or near a busy road, and she went on Facebook. They contacted each other, and as soon as Georgina saw Fred again, she said, and I quote, I started crying. I couldn't believe it. He was the same old, full of naughtiness Fred. I love it. Really? <laughs> what? He's a tortoise. So the family left the house for the day. What was Fred doing? He was, you know, turning on bath water and let it overflow. He, you know, he was, you know, pulling up the carpet, eating the carpet. What kind, of, what kind of naughtiness could Fred have been getting into? Here's another quote. He's got such character, and he's not changed at all. He lives in a shell. Of course he had. She said, she said it was brilliant to see him again. I can't believe he's come back after all these years. It's just amazing. And I'm so grateful for Sarah for stopping. I think it is fantastic. That tortoise was 55 years old. 55 years old. They got him in 1973. Wow. And he was living with story. the family. There wow. was There was a slat. In, I guess they let him go out in the back. And there was a slat that, that broke off. And Fred the tortoise saw the slat, and he goes, "Ah, freedom, who knows what's out there? I've been in this place since 1973, or actually 69. So off he goes, and he is gone for four-plus years. And finally, he's saved and was brought back home. I hope he's happy because he's back home. Here is what they figure his speed was. Point. Zero 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 one one four one five five two five miles per hour. That's the pace my daughter moved at when we took her on a hike in Yosemite. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I, I thought they were going to find our skeletal remains on the yeah. trail. So welcome home. Welcome home, Fred. That little sly guy is just the same. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening. 
Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10.